Hey, and welcome back to another episode of Spreading the Word. I'm your host, Paul Basanti, and today we're about to begin a three-part series that I've titled, I Can't Believe. It is an exploration of the things that stand in our way from having a truly fulfilling and meaningful relationship with God. Uh, Today's message is uh, one that was previously given in the late summer of 2018, just around September. And the first lesson is subtitled, God is more important. I can't believe that God is more important. It's an exposition on the things in our life that compete for our attention with God, the things that take away from our ability to really focus in on that vertical relationship with our Creator. Well, without any further ado, let's jump right into it. Good morning, church. Have you ever had a bit of a crazy week? Have you ever had a lot going on in your life that's just sort of dominated everything you've thought about, everything you've talked about, every dream you've had? Have you ever been that inundated with one sole thing on your mind that it's just completely dominated what you've been working with? I had one of those weeks this week. I was thinking about a a contract with a a client and all the different things that are involved with that. And uh, it didn't matter what I did Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I was always sort of in the frame of mind of, okay, well, what happens if the client doesn't like this aspect of the contract? And what happens if this thing happens? We won't get into it, but this, this contract has dominated what I've thought about over the course of the week until I catch myself solely focus on on something that's you know really just a matter of something temporary in this world what consumes you most during the week what captures your attention what captivates your thinking more than anything else this week maybe the kids are getting ready to go back to school maybe there's a, a big family event or a wedding coming up that you're you're excited for it's it's a it's a big deal it's a, a, a momentous occasion in life but you're you're solely focused on that maybe you've got work matters like myself that occupy your mind or maybe there's some health concern that is is dominating the the focus of your attention for yourself or for a a family member, a loved one. Maybe maybe you're you're gearing up and, and getting back into exercise and watching what you eat and you're focused on that. Or maybe there's just a, a crazy summer that we've just gone through and you're focusing on spending more time with family now, more time with relationships than the busyness of summer. Those are all pretty innocuous things. Nothing wrong about those things that occur in our lives that dominate our our attention and there's nothing necessarily sinful about these things that that focus on us but what about other things like like laziness maybe maybe you seek to just veg out watching tv every evening maybe there's a a struggle with eating i i suffer from that i i tend to focus too much on the food i put into my body Uh, maybe there's some gossip juicy gossip that's going around that has captivated your imagination or there's 
uh, some bickering or infighting within a family and there's friends and brothers and sisters in the church are involved, maybe, maybe that's starting to dominate your attention. Maybe some, some greed or pride or maybe even some lust has seeped its way into your life and maybe these things are capturing your attention. Maybe there's an addiction you're struggling with. Maybe there's some unhealthy coping mechanism that you're leaning on to escape the troubles of your life. Maybe the, there's even some hatred in your heart towards someone that is even persecuting you. And you can't get that conflict out of your mind and you keep remuneating it. You're, you're, you're so focused on it that it, 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 it's every waking thought you have or this root of bitterness is taking hold of your heart and you can't escape your own thoughts on the matter. I bring all this up because in my own week I think about all these things that have captured my attention span and how I've allowed them to displace what ultimately should be at the top of my mind. What ultimately should be what I focus a hundred percent of my thoughts and actions on. You see, there's plenty of stuff, either innocuous, innocent enough, or just downright sinful stuff, that we let into our lives. When sin entered this world, it became a broken world where that unity with God was destroyed, was distorted, was, was irreparably, at least until Jesus came, severed and in this life we we see that and we recognize that today when we when we think about all these things that displace god at the top of our priority list the list i gave earlier there's a little bit of everything there's a little bit of you know sin in there there's a little bit of innocuous stuff in there i think everyone here can probably recognize some aspect of their life that falls into a similar category where you just cannot stop thinking about it or it dominates your train of thought rightly or wrongly innocuous or sinful these things that dominate our mind can distract us from our focus on God they can wedge themselves in between where we are and where God is spiritually these things wedge themselves between our relationship with God. Now these di distractions I talk about, they, they demonstrate what we allow as broken and failed people to captivate our attention and energy. But maybe they're not just distractions after all. Maybe it's not something that just pops into our head. Maybe it's reflective of a more internal choice we're making. I want to read today from Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. 
The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you would, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon, in all his splendor, was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. The fact of the matter is that I choose to ruminate and dwell on these things that consume me, that consume my time, that consume my energy and my mental devotion. I choose to place these things before God. And I confess that to you here today, that I struggle mightily in putting God before these other worldly things that I just, that I, that I see and that I, I rely on my senses to know are there. What I want to get at is what is worship? What is the heart of worship? When we place so much of our lives before God in importance, we're choosing a new master to serve instead of God. Jesus says here to seek First, the kingdom of God. There are two words in, in Greek that are used to describe worship in the New Testament. The first is latreo, and the second is proskuneo. Latreo is an act of service. If you think about the type of uh, work that the Levitical priests would do in the temple of of uh, sacrificing animals and preparing those sacrifices and, and, and those sorts of things, that act of work for God is a form of latreo worship. The other form, proskuneo, is where the priest falls down and prostrates himself on the ground and, and, and adores God and subjects himself in, in humility to God and, and humbles himself before. That is, is proskuneo. So latreo, think about the things in your life that you are serving with work. I mean, we all have, we all have work obligations, careers, uh, families to take care of, and we all have these things, but do we do them without a motivation to be serving God as we're doing them? 
or do we dedicate every act during the week towards giving God glory? See, that's a, the, the incorrect and the correct form of working, is that if we are just working for ourselves and working for our, our personal gain versus working for glorifying God, that's the difference between where we've placed God in that relationship. Proskuneo, I would argue, is a little more serious. If we are putting so much heartfelt emphasis on things like money or status or things of those nature in the world ahead of humbling ourselves and, and devoting ourselves to a life of adoring God, then that's how you can get proskuneo wrong. You see, we have these dangers of, of worshipping something other than God. Like Jesus said, you can either serve one and hate the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. There's no serving two gods. In Romans chapter 12, Paul writes to the church in verse 1, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. If we're seeking first the kingdom of God, then we can't live like the world anymore. We have a higher calling. Later in Ephesians, Paul writes to this church, he says, So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God, because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality, so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. You, however, do not come to know Christ this way. Surely you heard of him as you were taught in him, in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught, with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desire, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor. For we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with his own hands, that he may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs, that it may be benefit, beneficial to those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, among every form, and along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us, and gave himself up for us, as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity, or of greed, because those are improper for God's holy people. 
nor should there be any obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving, for of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person such as man is such a man is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such thing God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore do not be partners with them. How many things on this list that we've just gone through apply to you? How many of these sins are sins that you struggle with in your life? Because of these sorts of things, God's wrath comes upon the disobedient. Who are we serving? Who are we trying to serve with all our heart, with all our strength, and with all our soul? If we are giving ourselves over to these sins, then are we not putting these above God? Are we not putting these before our relationship with the one who created and restored us? The living God who created the heavens and the planets just by uttering a word and with a single breath brought life to Adam. The one who reached across the gaping chasm of sin and death to grab us as we were falling into our eternal doom. This is the God we should be serving. Not some sense of security, money, accomplishment at, at work, not serving ourselves with, with food, not sex, not drugs, not addictions, not popularity. All these things are so temporary. The things that are lasting, the things that endure, the things that are fulfilling are the things that come from God, that come from our relationship with God. If we are putting anything before Him in serving ourselves, that's a form of idolatry. God did reach across the gaping chasm of sin and offer us redemption through his Son, Jesus Christ. This grace that overflows is an amazing blessing. But is our response to that going to be of idolatry of these other things in our lives? Guys, this world is so full of so many things that are competing for our attention, our devotion, and our worship. These are all traps that we face on a daily basis. They're set by the great deceiver, by Satan, who wants to accuse us of unfaithfulness towards God. We were called to a higher purpose, though. We were called to a higher standard to set aside these snares of the world and to set our sights resolutely on God serving him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Guys, as we think about this this week, as we think about what in our lives is captivating so much of our time and attention and devotion, let's 
let's seek God, let's turn to Him, let's lean on Him, let's, let's serve Him in Latreo worship, and let's fall down before Him humbly in Proskuneo worship, and give Him our time and devotion and attention. Lord God in heaven, we come before you and we ask you to please build us up, to strengthen us, to remove these snares and temptations that are in our way and to, to make clear the path towards a loving and faithful relationship with you. Lord, let us devote ourselves to prayer and to study and to devotion to you this week so that we can seek you before we seek work, before we seek our, our lives with our family, our anything. Let's, let's put you first, Lord. Help us to do that. God, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, there you have it. The cliffhanger that we end on is that our time and devotion to God is still in the balance. As we go into this week, as you think about the things you're faced with this week, try to identify the things that are, one, innocuous little things that just take up your time, things like work, things like family, things like health, things like like that sort of thing, and identify those and see if there's a way that you can give God the glory in those situations, that you can live out those situations while glorifying God, while giving thanks to God for the blessings you have, giving thanks to God for the lessons you learn during trials. Um, the next category would be the types of things that are sinful and that pull us apart. We need to put to death the things that drag us into sin. We need to step away from those things in our life. And my prayer is that anyone who's listening can be blessed by an understanding and an, an open attitude to rebuke for the things that are sinful in your life. And then take some time this week to dedicate yourself to prayer. If you're a Christian and you're hearing this, then, then pick up your Bible, spend some time in His Word, and, and devote yourself to prayer and building a relationship with him. If you're hearing this and you've never confessed the name of Jesus and you've never come to God desiring a, a relationship with him and to be saved from the sinful way of life that we've all come from, then maybe this is that opportunity for you to take some action on that. Maybe this is an opportunity to listen to the call that God is putting into your life reach out to us, reach out to a local church, find someone who can help you wrestle with these things. The church wasn't meant to live on an island somewhere totally isolated, so don't feel like you have to tackle these things totally isolated either. I sincerely thank you for joining us today, and I pray that this can be a blessing to you. If it has been, then feel free to share it. And uh, I just pray that in, in everything that we can do this week, that we can glorify God. Thanks again.